It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Update. Oh, and I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. A couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you Locked On Clippers five days a week. We absolutely do. Seven in the morning. We hope you can come hang out. 7 a.m. Pacific. It's a hell of a time. And kicking off the time today, we're going to look ahead to maps. Clippers, game two of the playoffs. Mm. Uh, must win. Must win game. Uh, but last one at home before we take to the road in Dallas. Oof. We're going to talk about what we need to do well to win that one as well as what could go wrong. Give you a big key matchup to take a look at. Yeah, pretty uh, much the only one that I feel like people can focus on right now. Yeah. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Uh, and then today is Tuesday, which means Twitter mm-hmm. Tuesday. Every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. I want to go ahead and thank everybody who sent those questions in ahead of time. Always oh, great yeah. to hear from you. Uh, and if you want to get your question featured on the show, hey, now you know where to do it. And then in shavings, we're wrapping up with some talk about a former Clipper great, Lou Williams, oh, yeah. doing good things for the Hawks. Oh, for sure. Getting that big win over the Knicks and they're getting the game one of that playoff series. So all that and more coming up right about now. But first, got to let you know about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com has amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Clippers Mavs, game two, must win. I mean, every game is technically a must win, but... uh, Starting this one off on a good foot, we are recording this at around 5.30 p.m. on Monday afternoon. No injuries to report for the Clippers. The second clean bill of health in a row for maybe the first time all season? It's got to be close. (laughs) Pretty damn close. It's got to be close. It's at least in the new year. Yes, for sure. Um, Let's get into what we need to do well compared to game one. And I, we, I'm just, let's just hit shots. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Like, the three-point shooting was really, really rough in that first outing. I mean, fourth worst three-point shooting percentage all year for the Clippers. Yeah. Which is comforting in the fact that that is an outlier. Not against the Mavs, but it depends. That's on actually that. very true. It de- Shit. It, de- it depends on how, you know, like it, it depends on how much of an onus you can really put on those regular season yeah, matchups. That's they, a good call. You know, two out of three of those are stinkers that it's like really, <laughs> it's really difficult to take a whole lot away from, but historically big stink vibes from two of those yeah historically this season we have not shot the three well against the Mavs Mm -hmm. put up just 28 percent uh in that game one while allowing the Mavs to shoot 47 percent from three not good not no good good at all uh another thing that we're really going to need or that I'm looking for is four quarters of elite Paul George preach on it uh, all right, so I know the conversation surrounding PG was that he was not good. Once again, the terrible name that I'm not even going to mention on this show was Panini trending. P. Yeah, was trending <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but the the point is that that's just not factual. Yeah, uh, he was not bad in this defensively. He was very very good. He held Luke at a one of four shooting. He he held Chris Tapps to zero of two. Um, look, he was also the only Clipper really contributing offensively in the fourth uh yeah 
Paul George had as many made field goals in the fourth quarter as every other Clipper combined. Yikes. Uh, he was four of seven from the floor overall, including two of four from three. I would just love to see him kind of take what he did in this fourth quarter, internalize it, and just have a great performance all the way through for the full 40 minutes or whatever he ends up playing in this one. Hell yes. I cannot agree more. Um and that's kind of always been the issue with PG. I feel like when people are like unsatisfied, like, why can't he do this all the time? Well, now you're right. He has building blocks. He has such a solid fourth quarter performance um, to build on. So, hell yeah. I hope we see that, too. Another thing that's going to be clutch in this one is we got to put more pressure on Brunson, especially in the non-Luka minutes, which yeah. will be the majority of his time on the floor. Mm -hmm. we got to force him to shoot more while limiting his opportunities at the rim. He was, I think, five of seven um in this one he only attempted a single three which he missed but the big thing was is like we bailed him out a lot with yeah. the fouling um he took more free throw attempts than any other math Jesus. Uh, and and i'm all for you which know, like is that's kind of weirdly like almost a win i guess because like luca's not taking a bunch but you're still it's giving only one it to more somebody. like yeah right, it's not, for so sure it's not like i mean a drastic amount more but yeah totally i mean he did over half of his damage at the line he had 15 points about seven of those came from the line on eight attempts but we just, it was really troubling to see us not being able to make up ground sort of in those minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on is sort of how we can limit Brunson. That's certainly going to be sort of one of those extra things that can kind of put the Mavs over the top if mm -hmm. they can more than tread water in the non-Luka minutes. Yeah, God. Um, and then you got a good one here that you've been talking about kind of all season which is those dang boards. Stronger presence on the glass. Uh, as you said, I have been talking about this all season. I mean, to me, a, a big reason that the Clippers kind of don't put games away in some of these clutch scenarios, which they have gotten better at later in the season. But the big thing to me is the, the rebounding. Uh, we gave up a lot of second chance opportunities in this one throughout the whole game. Uh, we were outscored by second chance points 19 to 10 can't get doubled up in those uh, like. and, and this is one of those numbers that like i wouldn't be hammer on hammering on so much like if but the mavs were both more efficient from the field yeah. and had almost double the amount of second chance points so you're doing poorly there yeah that's, that's uh, two net bad things it'd be one thing if like they were shooting really poorly and doubled us up that that'd be a different but they were crazy efficient yeah yeah it'd be a different conversation entirely they snagged four offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. We were able to equal that on the offensive end. Uh, throughout the whole game, Paul George and Batum led the team in offensive rebounds, each snagged three. So let's hope that they can kind of keep those opportunities alive going yeah. into this game, too. Another interesting note, Zoo, we didn't really see him in, in the fourth quarter. Do you think we see that change to affect some Oof. of this rebounding, or... Um, are, are we going back to Nozu in the fourth? So that kind of bleeds into kind of like my first what could go wrong point, which is new lineup pickups. Okay. And I'm not sure. I mean, you've, I'm now firmly in the school of thought that like we need Zoo down there for this exact reason that the Mavs got too many offensive rebounds in a very high leverage situation. And he's good at defense, right? Like if we're hearing all this stuff about how, oh, yeah, like, have, like if Zoo has to get switched on to Luka, it's not that bad. Like, we're comfortable with him forcing long twos or, you know, step back threes, which is great. But he also does a lot of other stuff well. So I hope Zoo plays more in the fourth. Yeah, we're going to talk about a little bit more about the Zoo, like specifically with the Luka stuff and the key matchups, because uh, I don't think that he was necessarily put in the best positions there to be successful um, defensively. It's weird, because, like, you have Luka hitting 
insane shots. Yeah, he shot fifty percent over, so over it's top like, of Zoo from three. So it, I mean, it wasn't really just insane. like shrug. Terrible matchup. <laughs> uh, another thing that could go wrong is if Hardaway Jr. has another plus forty percent three point right. shooting night. He took nine. He made five of those uh, attempts. A lot of times it felt like he was kind of getting lost by the defense. I, I went and looked back at all these attempts that he had from three. And a lot of the closeouts of these shots, guys, are a few steps out. They're kind of jumping for we the We were just like out. a half, like a skosh slow. It was too slow. It was yeah. way too slow. You can't be losing. You, you can't be losing like maybe their, in, at least in the last game, their second best uh, offensive player. 100%. So, yeah. uh, you know, you if you're jumping for the closeout, like you're either going to foul or he's going to make the shot at that point. You're yeah. too late. You need to have somebody planted on him, planting him up close, force him to work his game in different ways. 100%. Another thing I'm kind of worried about, turnovers might make more of an impact in, oh, absolutely. in game two. The Clippers only turned the ball over five times in game one, which is borderline shocking if you've watched this team play all season, especially as of late. So I'm just hoping we have less turnovers than the Mavs do. I don't care what the number is. I just hope it's less. But I'm not exactly being confident about that. Let's get into our one key matchup, which is a very big-ass matchup. Cutting off Lucas playmaking versus you know, doubling him basically. Like, I'm not sure. I am firmly split depending. It's changed every hour today, I feel like, of if I want to force Luca to have to put up like 60 points to beat us or if we want to force the other guys to shoot and not take away his distribution. Where are you at on this? I think we got to force the other players to score. Really? Yeah. Um, And I think it's one thing like, if you're, you know, if you're leaving an easy opportunity to score, like you're leaving Hardaway Jr. or something. Open, oh, right. That's different. Um, but uh, I think you got to slow down Lucas scoring uh, and and make other guys sort of step up to beat you. Uh, you know, I looked at these all six games um, from the last series and sort of the, the main defenders on him were Morris, Kawhi and PG mm-hmm. of the three. I I think Morris, by the numbers, kind of did the best. He guarded him through 70 possessions, held Luke at a 48% field goal percentage, which is below his season and yeah. playoffs average. Uh, and Luca was only attempting a field goal attempt on about 30% of those possessions that he was guarded by Morris. So that's an important That's way lower number. than his regular. That's like almost 10% lower than his usage, right? Yeah, yeah. His his normal his normal season usage was 37%. I think his playoff usage was 38%. Wow. So that's one of those things that's like, it, it might not sound that significant, but it's super significant over the course of a series. 100%. That's uh, a good call. So I think that Morris will be good. Um, but Paul George did a really good job in game one on him. Um, and Kawhi... Kawhi actually did a pretty good job too, but not through a lot of possessions. It was only about seven possessions. So I think that we've got to move away from the uh, Zubats thing. There's like a goofy one in this one where the stats on NBA only has Zoo guarding Luka on about five and a half possessions, but he somehow took nine field goal attempts. Some crazy possessions. possessions. (laughs) Uh, And he went six of nine against Zoo uh, and got to the line. So it's just... um, we got to move away from that matchup. That's what's interesting because like, so like Kawhi is going to be, you know, Tyler's already said, we're like, he basically said like, you people are going to get what you want. Kawhi is going to be on Luca, but that's going to get switched immediately in a pick and roll. They're going to try and get that away from him. And the team feels comfortable with having zoo back there and zoo and his media availability today was like, 
we want to force step back threes. And you're like, okay, I get the logic. The logic is there. But I if he's it, still like, hitting and stuff, like, because that's the thing, like, like Zoo didn't do like horribly on Luke. Like when you watched it, you were like, oh, this is better than maybe I thought it was going to be. But like when he's hitting those shots, that's when it, to me there needs to be like a, okay, let's maybe switch something up. Like let's he, do some pre-switching. He, you know what? You bring up an interesting point. Uh, he Like six of those field goal attempts were all three-point attempts of kind of that step back variety for the most part. Um, and he just happened to hit 50%. So yeah. I, I wouldn't see that trend continuing. Um, sure should hope not. But I think that it is worth I like an know. adjustment in game, right? Like something yeah. different of like if he if he's oh, in if he's in he's comfortable against Zoo. If he's in rhythm though with that shot profile, like which you'll see, you know, yeah, you'll get a gauge him? of Connor Burley, <laughs> then I it's time to move away from that matchup. For sure. Who you got in game two? Clips? Gotta I gotta go clips. It's a must-win game. Gotta ride for the Clippers. Uh coming up, we're gonna be answering your fantastic playoff themed questions on Twitter Tuesday. But first, we have to give a shout out to Lucy Nicotine. Hey. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors like cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, flights at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NBA Network listeners can go to lucy.com, excuse me, lucy.co, and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. And after you've done that, Will, where can these fine people purchase auto parts? Hey, now that we got our fix, let's get our cars buzzing. Let's get- Only place to do that <laughs> is Rock yeah. Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why try? Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Wow. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, we got a fixed car. I'm 
pumped full of four milligrams of nicotine for my lozage. Let's answer some Twitter Tuesday questions. All right. Where are we kicking this thing off? Kicking this off with, I mean, honestly, probably one of the better uh, usernames I've seen on Twitter. If you want your question featured on the show, shoot it at us. At Lockdown Clips, we'll answer it. Drunken underscore Trent asks, will our defense ever get out of the automatically switch everything mentality of the Doc era? Good ball handlers slash shooter types like Luca, CP3, Harden, etc. Murder us on pick switches constantly. This is an adjustment I've waited for all season, and I'm still waiting. I think he's going to be waiting for a while. Yeah, so I, I think it's interesting because we have kind of struggled with switches, I feel like, in general. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this season and, and last season, as you pointed out. I don't think that it's, when executed well, a poor strategy. I mean, we've seen teams have a lot of success with it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, just a, it's just an issue of communication, and I, I think that it especially hurts the Clippers just not having that sort of continuity. Um, yeah, that's a huge thing, right? Knowing where guys are going to be on a switch. Yeah. And like, that's so big. And I think, I mean, we talked about it in the last segment, but like things like Hardaway Jr., like trailing him on a closeout or something. I think that that, you know, it's another microcosm of sort of just a lack of, it's not necessarily defensive communication, but it's definitely defensive continuity. Right. Um, I think that's a great way to put it. So I, I, I'm curious to see, like, if you if you really want to see this change, I, I think look to this game too, um, and, and kind of see how we we choose to play in this one. I I, I mentioned this after the last game, like in our initial um, sort of thoughts that we put out on Saturday. But yeah, I, this to me is the big Tyloo game. This is like oh, this is it, man. This you've had time for the adjustments. This this to me is the litmus test of like you know like what. What are you able to roll out? Like, what were you able to glean from this first matchup now that it's, like, finally here and you have a roster in their final form? Like, yeah, this, you know, the runway is gone. So <laughs> yeah, we are in the air. Let's, <laughs> uh, uh, let's get this thing up to speed. We are fully in the air. Yeah, I think fans are excited to see what Tyler is going to do. Yeah. Um, I still, I mean, to answer, you know, Trent's question, we're never not going to switch, I don't think. It just seems like... I think that it makes sense too, and it's one of those things that you got to do if we opt to play smaller and and stuff like that. And we do yeah. have because we have the versatility know, is the weird is the hard thing with the defenders and the wing depth uh, that we have. Uh, it, you know, it it's not a terrible strategy. It just it has to be executed well. Yes, Machamp wants to know: Will <laughs> we see Man Kennard and Cousins feel all three can add or contribute in spurts, especially Man? Following up on that, Gary Abraman wants to know. A- Abrian, Abe, Abraman. Abraman? Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry about yeah, that. We'll I, get you, I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, with the obvious need for slashers, how many minutes should man get? So, like, the Machamp question is great, but Terrence Mann contributes infinitely more than Luke Kennard or DeMarcus Cousins does in this series, I think. Like, all things. Like, obviously, if two of our centers are in foul trouble, throw Cousins in there. I mean, he played 14 seconds, which is an infinite amount of time more than Kennard or (laughs) Cousins. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, like, I I don't think that... I, 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 Just to piggyback on Gary's question, I don't know um, that offensively... Obviously, all three of these guys have the ability to contribute. I Right. Luke, to me, is always kind of a thing where he seems to only fit in the flow of the offense if we're really spoon-feeding him. Yeah. And I don't and really see not that this, happening. That's not this series. Um, just sort of with how the Mavs kind of front court is, I don't know that we'll see a lot of Cousins 
um, going off offensively. But man, with his north-south ability, I think that that is kind of interesting. There's some really great cuts from Batum as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to see much more. We might see some more man um, if in his spot minutes in game two, he, he looks good defensively. Yeah. Uh, that's where his hinge, that's where his, we know what he can do offensively, right? Like, he, yeah. And it, it would be effective against the Mavs, but there's, there's two sides of the ball, which we saw detrimentally with too much Reggie time kind of. Yeah. And even with, I mean, some of the poor shooting that we had in game one, I didn't really feel like we were, I mean, that's, we were struggling to manufacture points. But I feel like that was more on us than on the Mavs defense, perhaps. Yes. So, like, the looks were there. Yeah. Like, they're, like Garrett Chorpening posted some pictures of some three-pointers that the Clippers made, and there's just no one around the shooters. Yeah. Um, Michaela Perez, hope I pronounced that right, said, there are obvious things the Clippers can improve on, but is there anything the Mavs could do to play better? If the Mavs had to play perfect and win, isn't that reassuring for the Clippers? I don't A think the bit. Mavs did play perfect, though. The, so, the outside shooting... Borderline perfect. Yeah. But to her larger point, I kind of agree. Like, if the Mavs got to shoot 47%, like, Luca only scored one point in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Which is insane. Um, it's once you get the bad taste of, like, leading up to the playoffs, those two ugly games, plus what game one, just in terms of, like, frustrating because we lost, kind of out of your mouth, I think she's right. Like, definitely. It could be, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, Luca had a you know an insane triple double too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the things that the Mavs could do better. I mean, obviously, if they got more offensive product or offensive production from Kristaps, mm -hmm. that would that could hurt the Clippers. Yeah, a whole but different story. I think that we line up really well against him um, defensively. So yeah, I I actually don't know like if it's got to be a little bit harder if you're looking at this sort of in the film room for the Mavs, right? And yeah, because like, you're like, okay, well. so how can we improve upon this? <laughs> uh, so you bring up a great point. Thank you so much for the question, Michaela. I love that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Matthew Roberts asks, will Lou's leash be shorter for the guard rotation? Will he allow Reggie or any guard to be that bad before subbing? Um, Man, it's so weird because... Like, do we think Rondo's maybe the first guard off the bench this game after Reggie was? Like, that's kind of only the biggest change I can think of. Right. Yeah, Rondo did still play around 24 minutes. Yeah, I, I would think that he plays more even um, in game two. Uh, but that'll, you know, especially if he's shooting so well. Yeah, it'll just be dependent sort of on his play and, and the, you know, the shots that are available to him. I think that the leashes will be a little bit shorter. Like I've said this a couple of times and, and it felt like from a rotation perspective, this still very much felt like kind of a rough draft. Um, very for sure couldn't agree more so i think at the guard position we will see things a little bit tighter but you know once again like all game plans go out the window if say pat bev gets two yeah. or three early fouls or yeah you know, for sure there's any number of things that can kind of impact that um and yeah i don't know reggie was really good in the regular season <laughs> i i think that i may have already seen enough uh, in the playoffs. Yes. The next question from Pepe Nava F says, when are we going to accept that Reggie Jackson doesn't work for this playoff matchup? Yeah, it just doesn't. Um, I think this is the I, Robert Flom train too. Like this, it just well, doesn't. And it's I, not there. <laughs> I thought that, I, I thought that because of what we saw in the regular season, maybe like a jump had been made there, but you know, Reggie kind of is an established product and he is what he is. And he has been such a valuable piece um, of the team up to this point, but yeah, his, you know, his defensive struggles, um, are just well noted. And I don't think that he was able to 
sort of get the team going with the ball in his hands as well as other guys were. And I, I don't know. I think that it, you know, there were times where I thought he took some shots where that in a, you know, to me in a must win game, it's playoffs. As you said, every game is a must win game. That should have been a benching. Yeah. And if it's hard too, because if he's not facilitating, if he's not like making things happen with the ball in his hand, for yeah. the other guys, then he's relegated to being a spot up shooter and a catch and shoot shooter, which, which, which he can do well, but yeah. we just have other people who can do exactly. That. Like then you're like, all right, well then like if he's missing, we could just put Luke Kennard in there if he's not going to do as much facilitating or need to be. So it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, when you're going against top eight versus top eight in the playoffs every single game, it's hard for Reggie to make time up. Um, final question. Nick Jacobs asks, if the Clippers were a favor of Bilt Bar, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to go... Birthday cake? <laughs> I hope not. That's kind of one of my least favorite flavors. Uh, I'm going to go with some sort of brownie chunk. That's a good call. Yeah. I think coconut brownie chunk works. It's like, oh, a lot of mix of different stuff, but it all works together. Yeah. Very versatile-ish. Um, don't know what the Dallas Mavericks would be, uh, but probably a poopy flavored lollipop. Uh, coming up on shavings, just talking some uh, former Clipper doing good things for the Hawks, Lou Williams, and wondering if we'll ever have a good six man again. But first... If you bet on the six man of the year award, which Clarkson seemed like he was pretty much going to take it, hope you bet on Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, uh, so is college basketball, but the NHL and the NBA uh, are in full swing. Also, the MLB and the WNBA. There you go. Get some money on the WNBA. There is money to be won. Uh, bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so we're back with shavings and... Talking Lou Will a little bit. Yeah, pretty pretty hyped up for the for the game two preview. Thought we'd bring it down a tiny bit in this this third segment. Um, yeah, Lou Will's doing good things for the Hawks, which has to make Clippers fans feel pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Sucks definitely. he's gone, but it's good that he's flourishing. Um, he, he got the green light. I'm so happy he didn't retire. Yeah, that would have sucked, right? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I feel like you know the Atlanta move. Of course, it was to get Rondo like that. You know, that was clear, but it didn't hurt that he would be going back to Atlanta. Do you? I wonder if where they, I like, say back because you know he did live there, right? For sure. Um, I wonder if not that I think the Clippers organization is this nice when it comes to trades. I wonder if they ran. Not like an, a no-trade-clause scenario. If they were like, hey, Lou, we're trading you. It's going to be to Atlanta if that makes you feel better. Because you remember how weird he was that game when he he broke the record? And it was like, oh, he looks like... Yeah, I, I think they did kind of tell him... You know, they tell him before we knew, but he found out pretty late. Um, yeah. 
And I think that he was kind of because you saw him kind of wait to respond on it even after the news was made official. For sure, official. good call. Um, and I think you know that gave, they gave him a little bit of time to kind of weigh his options. But I'm glad that he's still playing. I mean, he's still a guy who can contribute in this league. Um, you know, as is evidence here <laughs> for sure. Uh, so it's it's great to see. Um, it's still one of those moves that that's going to hurt um, for yeah. a while for me, even with as as good as Rondo has been. So. Yeah, I, I just hope that he keeps it up, man. I, I mean, underground go forever. Do you think he retires a Hawk? I don't know. It's so weird. You've been on so many teams, right? And have yeah. been impactful on a lot of them. <laughs> like. I would think that when he does retire, um, I, I would think that the Clippers would love to retire his jersey in the new stadium yeah. if that's an option. Um, you should yeah. be allowed to go in for multiple teams. Oh, of course, yeah. Like, yeah. as opposed to, like, oh, he retired as a blank. He just, like, uh, I I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it'll be up to him, but, you know, he did win, what, two of his six yeah, most of impactful awards. years with the Clips. Um, here, he was a huge part of getting this team through sort of the in-between time before they got. Oh, it could have been you know, so much worse. Before they became the super team that they are now. And he was also, I mean, really integral in that regular season the first year with Kawhi and Paul George. And yeah. I think that'll always be remembered by Clippers fans. <sighs> Shout out, Lou Will. Um, like we kind of mentioned uh, off top, Jordan Clarkson was announced as the winner of the sixth man of the year. First time in 10 seasons that a Clippers player did not receive a single vote for sixth man of the year. It's wild. That's an astonishing streak. It's wild. I, um, yeah, I, I mean, who would you have even given votes to for the Clippers? I mean, Maybe if Rondo had played all season with the Clippers, that's yeah. a possibility. No one was, um, no one had to score a bunch off the bench, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and it's weird because like, I mean, impact, impact wise, Nick Batum was really good off the bench, but he also started for a good portion of the year. So like, there's this weird, like the Clippers really didn't have any. Like I looked at the, at the vote, you know, the vote total, and I was like, yeah, I'm not sure who from the Clippers should have like gotten any of these votes. Yeah, well, and it's weird, Not too. Not in a bad way, it, like, that the bench was bad, but it just wasn't there. Yeah, it was just weird, too, because, I mean, like, Sticks Man of the Year is very much sort of about your numbers offensively. Yeah, one specific um, number, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we didn't really have that, and I think that that's actually a good thing, though, for oh, us. Oh, for sure. Uh, sort of moving away. I, I've talked about how I think the versatility of this team has increased just because we have some more kind of looks that we can throw out with a second unit. Yes, 100%. Um who do we think uh, gets the Clippers' streak of six man of the year votes back going? Do we think it's Jay Scrub next year? Uh, I mean, if Rondo plays all year, I, I think that depending on how we do, I mean, that could be a consideration. Terrence Mann? Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, we have to use Kennard more next year, so he could have the numbers. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we quite, man, I just had a flashback of like, do we start Kennard next year because he's making so much money? <laughs> I don't think we'll start him just because of the contract, but I mean, he will have to be more heavily factored in because even if you don't plan to keep him, you got to kind of, you, you got to get, got to show that he's worth the contract, right? Yeah. You got to get something enticing going to at least be able to trade him. And I, I don't even know that we'd be able to trade him because it's the first year of a new deal. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah. Hmm. Shout out Luke Kennard. Um, Man, hope everyone's having a good day when you're listening to this. Hope your day started well. Yeah. Um, strap in for tonight. Game's not at 1.30, thankfully. Yes. Got a real night game. Uh, Wednesday's episode, recap of Clippers versus Mavs, game two. Hey, what you say Wednesday? Poll, so look out for that on Twitter, at Clips. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, it's the playoffs. And, Will, where can these people 
Tell their friends, listen to some playoff previews. Tell your friends they've got to check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. Should be on Amazon Music if that's where you get your podcast. Oh, yeah. Check that out, too. As we mentioned up top, we do come at you 7 a.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday. We would love to have your listen. We absolutely would. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 